Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Life Work Podcast. My name is Wendy Kay, and this is episode two of this wonderful podcast because I'm having all these great conversations with wonderful people, with really smart people. Today, we're exploring the topic of getting what you want, even in the context of today. And this episode is part of what I'm calling the chaos series because we are in chaos right now. We're in a pandemic. And as I'm exploring different topics, I also want to put it into context of what we're going through today. And I will be learning with you because the person we have today here is this wonderful, dynamic Dr. Tracy Adams. She and I have worked before. She's one of my favorite people to have worked with. Um, I'll let her talk about herself a little more, but she has a company called Thrive On Seminars. She has a passion for building and empowering women. She's worked in some really awesome organizations, done some really cool stuff. And her mantra during the time that we've known each other is, are you getting what you want or go after what you want? And I think it's about time that I know what she was talking about. And I think it's great. I think she has a great message. So this is this is what we're doing today. We're going to explore all the knowledge and the wisdom of Dr. Tracy Adams. So Tracy, talk, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Great. Oh, thank you, Wendy. Oh, it just, I have chills all over my body. It's always so nice when, uh, when I, when you're welcomed like that. So I, my work has been primarily in human resources for the last 25 years in the leadership and organizational development side. And so my passion is helping people be more effective. And in those roles and in many companies, I have been tasked to help leaders manage people. Mm -hmm. And what I uncovered in that journey is that leadership is an inside job. Like you lead who you are. Um, and yeah. as a person, as a, as a female leader in companies and navigating companies, uh, there, were, there was a time in my career that I didn't know, I didn't have a good sense of who I was. You know, I, I'm a very results-oriented uh, person. I was always on really great projects as an individual contributor. And then mm-hmm. when I stepped into a leadership role, I really struggled. I really yeah. struggled with having a, a clear sense of identity and um, as a leader, and being able to express what I want, right? And not even just like people in, you know, in meetings and, and to my boss, to my employees, but being able to articulate clearly. I, I know I would get feedback on my 360s, and I laugh about this now that I've sort of mastered the craft, but I would have employees, I would be with my employees, and they would walk out of the room and they'd say, now, what did she want? Like, Mm -hmm. I think she wants this, but I'm not quite sure because I'm an ideator. You know, I would be in a meeting and I'd be ideating. And so um, I I know Tracy. (laughs) You do. You and I work together and I am. I'm an innovator. I'm usually brought into organizations during huge change and transformation because that is my superpower is helping uh, organizations transform. And that means a lot of innovation, trying things that don't work and being a risk taker and all that. So So this inner job of your leadership is really where I've been interested in over the last 15 years is what's happening on the inside. Mm -hmm. How can I unpack my thoughts, feelings, and wants in the moment 
And I say wants because your desire is, you know, what you want is the gap, right? Like I t- yeah. I've been talking a lot about the worth gap with women mm-hmm. and we can, Wendy, you and I can go into this whole equity thing. And I think yeah. we, you and I are also on social media talking yeah. about equity. There's tons of data that shows us we as women aren't paid the same as men. So there's a, sure. there's a definite salary gap, but I think there's also a worth gap mm-hmm. that women experience. And that worth gap is about where do I want to go or what do I desire in my life that I'm not getting? And then how do I close that gap? And it could be with my marriage, right? Like I'm not getting what I want from my partner, but I don't know how to close the gap. Like if he would just change, then the gap would be closed. But that's, right. that's not where that gap lives. The gap actually lives on the inside. And so um, that's, that's been my, my journey over the last 15 years is to help women close that gap first by discovering what it is that you really want and then moving yeah. into action to get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really great summary. I, feel I know. Like, yeah, I just, that, I, I, went, that I, is, I could go on and on about that, but no, but that is the energy you embody is, yeah. you know, you, you consistently talk about that inner work and that emotional intelligence and yeah. yeah and I know we can talk so much more about that, yeah. but tell me more about, are you getting what you want or get what you want? Yeah. Because I hear, I've heard you say that so many times and I don't know yeah. if it's because we just were never in a situation where I could just stop and say, yeah. what do you mean by that? Or maybe I just didn't want to get into it or maybe sure. it felt like a silly question, but yeah. what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I was thinking about this this morning as I, so I've been in business for myself with Thrive On for about four years. And those, mm-hmm. those in the audience here who have your own business, that is an inner journey in and of itself. Right. Like, what am I about as a brand? I mean, you know, you can hire a marketing company and help you decide that, but that's an inner journey as well. And I was thinking this morning that, you know, I have a doctorate. I'm very, I'm not a clinical therapist, but I have been doing a leadership development for over 20 years. And, um, and, and so I'm not, so when I think of therapy, when you come to the, t- the table to unpack all this stuff, you mm-hmm. could go to a therapist and a therapist would help you pack from the history. Like yeah. they unpack your family of origin stuff and why you are, why you tick the way you do, you know, what is that worth gap and where did you get it from your fair, mm-hmm. family of origin? And then when you hire a coach, usually a coach will help you embody the future. Yeah. Right. And so what I think I bring to the world, Wendy, is both like my deeper work Mm. with women is about going backwards, like unpacking intimacy. When I say intimacy into me, I see like into (laughs) me is who am I and how do I tick? And then how do I move into relationships so that I can get what I want? A lot of that comes from our family. So I'll speak for myself. I was raised. I had an older brother. Um, He was two years older and he was welcomed and celebrated Mm -hmm. in getting what he wanted, right? Like Mm -hmm. he had, he had the language of getting what he wanted. Um, He got to do a lot of different things because he was a boy, like walking at night, like he could go to baseball games and come back at like eight or nine o'clock at night. And I wasn't allowed to do that as a female. Yeah. And, and these are subtle things. I have a, a son and a daughter now as well. And I can see my own parent biases in my children, mm-hmm. how I'm raising my children. And so 
as a girl being socialized to play nicely, you know, children are meant to be seen, not heard. I was a very extroverted kid. I was very frequent. I got a lot of frequent uh, feedback as a kid, you know, don't rock the boat, just play nice, be Mm -hmm. don't boss people around. Like I I was socialized in a way to not ask for what I want. Yeah. And not even know what I want. Like no one was mm-hmm. around saying, well, honey, what do you want? What do you really want? Which is something I teach in my programs to women. Um, so I think it starts from there. So I, yeah. I really do. I think women are coming into their own. We're starting to get our voices heard. Um, we're starting to have more of opinions around the table. Uh, but it does start from unpacking what were the messages that you got as a kid that made yeah. you feel unworthy, uh, not noticed, diminished, um, even the family dynamics at the table. Like I notice, I'm, I'm now with this pandemic, I'm back to a meeting with my family every week. We're all over the country. And yeah. I just noticed the dynamics of when the men talk and the women talk, right? Like when do, when, what is the dynamic at my, in my own family system of when uh, men and women get their voice in the room? And so, yeah. um, so that's where it starts, I think. I, yeah. I love that. I love that you're bringing the past with the future because yes, I agree that part of moving forward means you have to let go of the past, but oftentimes you can't let go unless you've understood what the past was about. Right. Right. And you know, I always equate kind of the professional world with, with the dating process, because I feel like the two are just so parallel, right? <laughs> it's like when you go in the first interview, how's that any yeah. different from right. the first date, Your right? first date, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you try to unpack in the professional world what you want, you gotta like, uh, you know, what happened in the past, you gotta, you know, do yeah. something similar in the dating world. So right. I don't know if I share this with you. So right before I met my husband, you know, I was at the stage where I was really frustrated because, uh, you know, the dating scene is not fun and right. it's not a good process. You don't meet a lot of great people, you yeah, know, or true. you just don't have a lot of great experiences. Yes. And so part of my journey was I talked to a counselor and she helped me unpack, you know, what it is I really wanted yeah. out of a relationship, out of a person. But first I had to unpack why I wasn't getting that. Mm. And part of it is the childhood systems of this is why you keep looking for what you don't want. Yeah. And until you acknowledge that and you let that go, then you can start looking for what you actually want. And, and I wonder if that's what you're kind of getting at too, like in terms of like your worth with, you know, career and money and success is that you got to kind of understand what's stopping you. Yeah, that is definitely the first that, and, and, and you know, I've said this to you too, Wendy, there's a lot of denial that goes into um, asking for what we want. Denial meaning like uh, underneath all that is like the, not only the worthiness of not feeling like I'm good enough to get it, but mm-hmm. also even socialized. I was taught as a kid not to be a doc, uh, not to be a doctor, but to um, not to be a doctor, uh, but to go marry one. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, and my mom, and even just the other week, I told my mother this on the phone. Um, she had said, uh, I was teasing her a little bit. And I said, uh, mom, you used to tell me that I better marry a rich man. Like I would do something in my family system that was silly and ridiculous. And she'd yeah. say, well, you better marry a rich man. And so as a kid, I got all these messages, um, 
that, uh, you know, never disclose, don't, you know, say what you want. And so then, Wendy, back to the dating thing, I read all the books about how to get a man. And part of those books were about being someone else. Mm, yeah. Right. Like, don't don't tell. Like, you wouldn't go on the very first date with someone and say, "I want to be married." Like, you would never say that yeah, yeah. because you'd scare them away, right? Right. And yet, where is the authenticity to be really, really clear? Like, and Wendy, you know this story. I, yeah. I, the last time it was a few years ago, I was dating and I got connected with a man, and we had just such great chemistry, and we were together for a couple months, and then I found out he was married. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, how crazy is that? Right. I found out he was married. And uh, and in that conversation, when he just forgot to tell me on the first date that he was getting a divorce, but he was still married. I remember that moment on the phone with him saying, I don't date married men. Yeah. And I have to be totally honest with you, Wendy. There were girlfriends that I had that wanted to give give a little bit on that one. Hmm. Like, well, he's getting a divorce. Like maybe you can kind of, but like, no, I'm really clear. I'm really clear about who I am and what I want. Yeah. And so that's the place of power. I think that women have when you lean into the space of knowing yourself and knowing your worth and then knowing what you want and then articulating that to someone else that can be really, really powerful. And so I would imagine when you did go on that date and you were really clear about what you wanted, you got a different result. Is that? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Then I was clear with myself with what I wanted and you know, I looked out for those. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And as women, I will say my experience and there's all kinds of reasons for this as well. Um, we can set that boundary and say, I want this, I don't want that. But then when the thing shows up, you kind of back up your boundary. Yeah. Like I was really clear when I was dating, I'm not dating anyone that voted for this candidate. But then Mm -hmm. when I met like the beautiful man, it was like, well, maybe he was just like off that day and voted for the candidate. (laughs) He he was just off. So holding those boundaries around what you want, I think is also part of the puzzle. Right. Uh, There yeah, it's like figuring out for yourself what's non-negotiable because right. they are part of your values. Right. And then what are some things that are just more opinions or preferences that you you could still be in harmony with right. if you're not right. aligned right. with them. Right, yeah. right, right. And that's a journey in of itself in figuring those two out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. So is there anything more around the, you know, getting what you want. So when you think about, cause you work with a lot of women I did, and I know yeah. you take, I know you take the holistic view, right? Cause of women, yeah. of, you know, women in their personal lives and how they bring that into work. So when we think about what's happening today, right. And I haven't done quite a, a lot of research yet, but the word on the street is that, you know, a lot of the progress has been made in the diversity, equity, inclusion mm-hmm. space with yeah. women. Yeah. Kind of been kind of retract, retracted yeah. because of the pandemic. Um, yeah, because, right. you know, the fact that women are kind of working triple shifts now. Yeah. Because they're parenting at home while working at home, while doing all sorts of other yes. things. So, how do you, how would you work with women now with the situation yeah. going on? Yeah, and it does fall back to us, doesn't it? Um, I I loved, this was a couple of years ago, Wendy, there's a Gallup study called um, Women in the Workplace. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading something about the four-year-old will always win. Hmm. 
Tell me about and that. And, and it's like when the career presents itself, when the VP job presents itself, when the yeah. CEO job presents itself, women will always second guess whether they have to make a trade-off in the balance of family and job. Mm. And I think it really slows us down. And so now in the pandemic, the thing I want to say that's exciting about the pandemic with my peer group and my women friends, I was just on a Zoom call this morning and no, no one's coloring their hair now and we're all just giving each other grace on like how we're looking. And it's like, can't we be always like that? Like, can't mm. we just come to the table always the way we are without slowing ourselves down with having to, you know, color our roots and, and all the stuff I think that I've spent way too much time worrying about. So that's the good news. I think that yeah. if anything, we're giving each other a little bit more grace. Yeah. Um, but back to this equity issue, uh, I, uh, I was riveted with a quote from Michelle Obama, Wendy, I think I texted it to you, about let's not wait for equity, let's mm -hmm. be seen now. And, yeah. and, and I, I was struck with that because I have always believed in my own career, I, wasn't, I have not seen the glass ceiling in my own career. Now, I, I tend to take on a lot of accountability for my own behavior. It's kind of, I was, I was raped. My mom was a prison guard who she carried a weapon. And so I was sort of, you pull yourself off by the bootstraps and you don't be a victim and you don't, uh, you know, blame anyone else of where, where mm -hmm. you're at. Um, and I've definitely made some choices in my career to be a little slower because I have a family, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what I'm seeing now is definitely the struggle, right? Like we're in my peer group again, it's, I got my kids, I've got, you know, homeschooling now I've got to keep the household together. And it's not that men are not doing their share. I'm just saying that it often falls to us because a, I think we're so good at multitasking because of our, how our brains are wired. Like we're just naturally good at, you know, doing a lot of things at the same time. I don't know if you ever saw that video parody, you know, my phone just rang. It was my daughter upstairs. And I don't know if you saw the parody where the guy was doing a zoom interview and his kid comes in yeah. and he's like all frustrated, right? He's like, Oh my God, my kid's coming in. And the wife's back there trying to get the kids. And he's just clearly off his game, but they did a parody of a woman doing it. And she's got one kid on her lap, another where she's making a skillet with the other. And then the thing's coming in and she's being interviewed. And I just got such a kick out of that. <laughs> I need to watch we're that so video. Good. We're so good at it. Um, so back to like my accountability though. My accountability is knowing myself to hold the boundary, to hold my own boundary around what I will accept and will not accept. Mm -hmm. You know, Brene Brown talks about boundaries as what's okay and what's not okay. And if you're in a marriage and you're doing most of the work, and it's not okay, then there's a conversation that you need to have. Yeah. And a lot of women don't have them. A mm -hmm. lot of women do not have the difficult conversations that they need to have to get to close that worth gap. Yeah. And I definitely see it with money. And you've been through some of my uh, webinars, Wendy, about women don't negotiate. They don't mm -hmm. like when during salary time, women typically won't negotiate and men will. So um, I'm not saying it's all about ourselves it's it's not all on you but what are i would offer to women today what mm -hmm. is on you and what do you control so mm -hmm. that you can close that gap yeah 
I, I like that sense of empowerment of, again, looking at what are some things yeah. that you can do, right? right? Because there's a lot of things that happen in the environment that's out of our control. Yeah. At the same time, I, so here's kind of my thought because um, growing up, and again, I think family systems has a lot to do kind of just with Good. how my career has gone yeah. and just everything, right? Yeah. And I just remember one of the things that I was told when I was younger now, my mom sometimes gave me like conflicting messages. She would say, well, why don't you ask for this? Well, why don't you tell them this? You know, she would push, push me to kind of, you know, ask for things or get something. Um, because I was a really shy kid, so she would push me to do that. Right. But then there would be these things that were bigger, okay? Like bigger as in like what kind of career she can have, what yes. kind of life she can have. Oh, I and just when, get chills on that, Wendy. That just struck, that struck yeah. a chord in me, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't, go, and, don't get too big for your britches, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But when yes. it came to like those big things, yes. then she was, you know, I would never forget. She would just say, that's not our life. <sighs> and I think what she, yeah. what she was, what she was saying, because the context isn't, isn't there by just that one statement. Yep. The context there is, we were immigrants in a predominantly white country. Yeah. We grew up in Hungary. I did. Um, so our family lived in Hungary for many years. And so her thing of telling me that's not our life mm. is saying th this is the boundary between us yeah. versus them. Yeah. This is the life they can have. Yep. And this is the life that you can have because you right. are not them. Right. You are Chinese. <clears throat> Yeah, so, and so th this is just you know this is kind of where the ceiling, the boundary, the limit is yep. for you, and and you know I, and I and I don't know if I really resonated with that as a kid, but I wonder if that has impacted me, right? Oh, and right. So, yes. And so when I think about yes, there's some things I can control, but I wonder what are there? What's the interaction with the environment? Like, let's say for example, yeah. Um, Actually, I'll just bring up a real story. So years ago, there was this case of this woman who applied to be um, uh, for some professorship at a university. And she negotiated in her contract. She got an offer and she negotiated and she said she wanted certain things. She wanted certain benefits and right. different compensation. Uh, I mean, did she negotiate hard? I would say, yeah, kudos to her. She negotiated pretty hard. Was it you know, completely ludicrous? I don't think so. I mean, I think it was solid negotiation and, the, and left plenty of room for the college or the university to say, mm -hmm. well, this is what we can do, right? Right. They rescinded her offer. Mm -hmm. And so the story was presented around, are there systemic or environmental punishments How for women who go after what they want? And then I think about the intersectionality of race mm -hmm. and... Um, cultures yeah yeah right yeah. and yeah. you know like if if um if you and i went after the same thing yeah and we use the same techniques well we get the same thing mm. you know and, and and i'm not saying this to guilt trip anyone i'm just saying right, that right, that's right, right. that's the environment responding to you so i wonder about that and i'm not saying that we we have the answers here right but that's but that's just the thing i'm thinking out loud it's like yeah. It's a continuous journey for me to have to like figure that out. And you bring up something really critical, Wendy, and that's we are shaping our identity every day. Yeah. And your identity gets presented to you when you're born. 
And so, you know, whether it's my family saying, don't get too big for your britches or girls don't do those kinds of jobs. You know, I was taught women don't go into science. Mm. You should be a school teacher. I mean, those are the things I played as a kid was Barbies and school teacher, right? I didn't play scientist and doctor. Um, but that identity gets shaped. And, and if you've gone to any of my classes, I kid you not, I as a kid, three, four, I hated wearing clothes and I would strip <laughs> off my clothes and I'd run outside naked. And so the narrative in my family was that I was going to be a pole dancer. <laughs> right? And this is like, it's my identity. So even when you were introducing me and you were saying, I love to hang out with smart people and I do this, with, it's like, there is a piece of my brain, Wendy, when you say that, that doesn't quite believe it. Because I was socialized as a kid, I was very extroverted, I was super cute, I did a lot of theater and dance, I was a dancer in many dance companies, I was always about the presented self, mm -hmm. and I never had the identity of an academician. Hmm. Until I went to college and found my path, and, and I realized, God, I'm pretty smart, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's the identity piece. And so regardless of your gender or your race, you bring your identity with you and you're going to be yeah. constantly bumping up against those confirmation bias, right? Because I'm a woman, I can't get the CEO job. Um, and yet my part in that is I don't want to be a CEO. I don't want the trade-off of a CEO. I like having my weekends free. And do I? Like I was on a call this morning with someone saying, um, you know, if you take that top job, Tracy, there mm -hmm. always comes a price. Yeah. I'm in a running for a top job. And I'm like, is that true? I want to know, Wendy, is that true? Like if I show up in this top job as an executive, do mm -hmm. I have to pay that price? Or is that my identity of if I'm in a company and I can't hold good boundaries because I know a lot of women that work seven days a week and they answer every email and they have no good mm -hmm. boundaries. Do I have to have that trade-off? Because my identity says I have to. Yeah. This, I mean, there's a lot of intersections with that, right? right? There's, Don't the, you think? there's the modern workplace and the idea of what professional professionalism is. Like in episode three, I will be having a conversation around joy and meaning um, in the form of laughter at work and what seems professional, right? It's like, well, as you go up, my question would be, are you allowed to be funny anymore? Oh, right. Are you allowed to, you know, because I remember you in the workplace, like you would laugh, you would make jokes and yes. like, are you going to be able to be, I would even say, are you allowed to do that? And I say allowed because there's expectations right. of what that top job means, right? Right, right. Yeah, and that goes yeah. back to identity. So I place right. another identity out there that's not really me, and then I try to embody that identity, and I'm always going to fall short yeah. because the identity isn't real. It's not real. So uh, it's a and, and so part of one of the workshops I do, one of the modules in my work in my online class is called "Who Do You Think You Are." Yeah, right? because it really is. Who do you think you are? And yeah. if you don't think you're worth six figures, you're not going to make six figures. I mean, I often walk around thinking I'm all that. And inside, what is it? Amy Cuddy that says fake it till you make it. Sometimes yeah. I'm having to fake it till I make it. Because on the inside, I don't feel powerful. But as I start to pretend I'm powerful, it just comes. Yeah, that you know what that actually makes me think of imposter syndrome. Yes. You know how often I meet women professionals of yes. varying ages, okay? I don't think it's an age thing. 
where they'll say, so I did this, here's my work, not sure if it's really good. Yes. I didn't spend a lot of time with it. Like they always have to qualify it with something just so that they have an out if, yes. if they get criticized. Yep. And, you know, I still find myself doing that. And, mm -hmm. and I noticed that yesterday I was looking at some of the work I did in the past, you know, like some of the work I did around building women, um, high potential women into leadership. Yep. And as I was reflecting back on some of that work, I was like, this is really good. Nice. Oh like, my God. It is so good. I mean, gosh. And I thought this is really good. And I, and I can say that because I've seen what other yes. people have done. I'm in the market. Yes. I talk to other people and I don't think their stuff is right. better than mine, but while <laughs> And I can, and I don't say that in a way to be yes. like condescending. Even you, say saying that, that, even you saying that, Wendy, in my yes. laugh is like the discounting. Right. It is yeah. Like, it you're is brilliant. A, you're brilliant. You are brilliant. <laughs> so are they, right? We can all yeah. be brilliant together. Yeah. It's yeah. just that in the process of when I was making, putting stuff together, yes. I would have all these thoughts about, of self-doubt and like, yes. this is probably not that good. Right. I don't know if this is going to resonate. People gonna look at this and think you, oh my gosh, she is an idiot. Like, how the heck does she think this was gonna work? And then, you know, over time I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, like why did I ever doubt myself? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah you don't and, know, you don't know. Yeah, it's good. And and I wonder too, is that when I doubt myself with something, mm -hmm. do I also hold myself back yeah. from putting it out there? Yeah. And just taking that risk and saying, you know, who's, who's going to resonate with this? Oh, nobody? That's okay. I'll refine it. Oh, actually, a lot of people resonate with this. Like, for example, when I, you know, I was really excited about putting this podcast together. But at the same time, I, back in my head, I'm like, who's going to listen to this, right? Um, I am no Joe Rogan. Like, this is, you know, but oh I would God, love it. Oh, good. Here's, I, was, I saw your first one. I was like, oh, my God, you're like a natural. <laughs> and then I was thinking, man, I would love to be at that status. But then, you know, I've had people reach out to me saying the first episode with Kevin Bush around emotional intelligence and centering yourself. They said, wow, this was really relevant to me. This was really helpful. And I was just thinking, yeah. why do I continually second guess myself? Right. Right. Well, and then I'll add to that. Uh, when someone doesn't like the stuff that you put out. Yeah. Right. It's, I, I always, awesome, always have to say, like, it's none of my business what you think about me. I mean, that's like my mantra. It's not my business what you think about me. I, I was a, a, my, I have a, a marketing manager now in my company and she constantly sends me stuff about emotional intelligence and what other people are doing in EQ. And I, I don't want to sound arrogant by saying this to her, but it's like, I'm over that. Like, I don't, I don't need to see what anyone else is doing because I'm so grounded in what I'm doing. You I don't want to vision. I yeah. don't want to muddy up the waters yeah. because I'm so dang codependent. I might think that their work is my work and I don't, I don't want to be distracted by someone else's. And not that I'm discounting their brilliance because there's a ton of brilliance going on right now, even in the midst of this horrible pandemic. They're, right. like Our creative spirits are coming out in the world and I, just, I think we'll be forever altered as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I so resonate, Wendy, with what you're saying about um, feet, like feet, like just the whole topic of getting feedback from other people mm. is part of that worth gap as well. And I, I've said this to you, my journey in receiving, like, you know, I'm a giver, I'm generous, but be able to receive people telling me I'm brilliant and telling me I'm smart and, oh my God, you have to keep doing what you're doing. Um, when I used to get those kinds of kudos, I would discount 
I would just say, oh, no, it wasn't me. It was my team. Or, mm-hmm. oh, you like this blouse? Oh, I, I got it at Target. It was like $2. Like I have to discount and, and deflect that good that would come in. Yeah. And then someone gave me feedback not to do that anymore. And they said, just say thank you. And so now when people comment, the, oh, I loved your webinar. I loved your class. Oh, my God, you totally changed my life. I will say thank you. And now that I'm, I'm closing that worth gap and I'm really knowing who I am today, now when I get those kudos, I will say, yes, you're right. It is brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is what we need to talk about. Like I affirm their affirmation. And not that I'm even running with this script that um, – there's this, there's this thing I think women have that not only unworthy, but like, I don't want you to think I'm boasting. Yeah. That's, right? that's like, what it is. Want, like you don't want to boast. I don't want to boast. And, and yet self-promotion is the hardest thing for women at work. It is the hardest it thing is. for women at work because we, we come to the table. Our identity is as givers and we all should be equal. And I'm not saying the equity lens. I'm just saying, you know, heaven forbid I outshine someone. Yeah, for sure. I want to go back a little bit to that really pithy quote of, it's not on my business what you think of me, right? Because you and I have put together our own feedback model. By the way, I haven't forgotten about that. We we will have to come back and talk about that and do a micro learning, okay? So just webinar. We need to do a webinar. We should. We should. So so people watching and listening, just know that Tracy and I, we came up with our own feedback model called Alive. Yeah. Very, uh, um, it is very action oriented. It's very and it's, practical, right? It's, it's very really, practical. It's all really about emotional intelligence. The it's, thing I love, it's all about yeah. being able to receive feedback and integrate it without getting defensive. It's so exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. along the lines of feedback, so how do you balance between um, I'm confident and I don't need to yeah. worry myself with what you think to yeah. I need to receive your feedback with emotional intelligence? Yeah. Well, and see, there's, that's the art of the entire thing. What is it that you're saying? Is there any gleam of what you're saying that I can be curious about that might be true? Mm-hmm. Right? Like I had an experience, Wendy, last week with my family. And it's interesting because when I'm in my family dynamic, I can become eight years old again. Like I'm this guru of emotional intelligence. <laughs> but I, my family, I don't know. Same I am no longer 50, a 52-year-old woman. I'm now like this eight-year-old woman at the table that I'm at yeah. the kids' table, right? And so I had I had made a comment to my aunt about how much work it was taking to put these Zoom meetings on. And mm-hmm. I, it was just a flipping con- a comment. And most of it came from my hot button around rejection. You know, if I have a mm. dinner party and you don't show up to it, I feel rejected. Yeah. Like, that's my yeah. own demon inside of me, right? Because it's it, you might have other things going on. It's not always about me, right? So I said that to her. And literally the next week, 45 minutes before our dinner, my brother sent a link to the entire family with a new link, a new Zoom link. And I was like, why is he sending out a new Zoom link when I had already done this? Mm. And so I texted him and said, hey, why are you doing this Zoom thing? And he said, well, you know, Aunt Sue told me to do it. And so now I'm like, what is happening in my family? So now I'm eight years Mm. old and they're talking about me And I'm right back emotionally, Wendy, into that small little place. So I text my aunt and I'm like, what's going on? And she said, oh, I was just trying to be helpful because you said that it was a lot of work for you. But in my head, Wendy, 
I was eight years old with my 10-year-old brother, and here he's coming in, taking my thunder, taking over. Like, I went to a deep, immature place. And I want you to know part of it's none of my business is I didn't say a word. I didn't, thank you. I did not mm -hmm. like, what do you, f I would have made a whole big deal if I didn't have emotional intelligence in my toolbox. I would have made a whole big family ordeal of why is David sending it and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But instead I just took a step back and I'm like, what, what about what she just did might be true. And the truth was she was trying to be helpful. Mm -hmm. She was trying to love me by taking something off my plate, which was I told, texted her back and said, I love you. I love you so much. And the dinner was amazing. We were all loving and <laughs> laughing and joking. So that's what I mean when I say, oftentimes my story about what's going on with you isn't even true. And mm -hmm. so if I have that mantra, it's none of my business, it truly is none of my business because it's all the crap that's going on in my head. Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. No, those are some really great stuff. Like you and I just can keep talking forever, right? No, we have to have the conversation again, just so you know, like we have to come back and talk about feedback. So we're close to wrapping up and I just want to kind of summarize some of the things I'm kind of learning from our conversation. Like I feel like all our conversations are always so good. Use the word juicy and that's what exactly what we are. Like this is what work should be about, right? Like yeah. every day we should be having these deeper conversations. Exactly, exactly. And so for me, what I'm really get what I really got out of this is just a deeper understanding of like what you mean with what you want. It's yeah. it's feel it's under it's part of it is the self-worth is knowing yeah. is building that. And that I think is a journey, right? Yeah. It's a, it's a marathon. It's, it's a kind of a lifelong thing where you have to yeah. know your self-worth and whatever that gap is identifying for yourself, what it is that you can do. Yeah. Right. And if you're not getting it, what yeah. are some emotionally intelligent ways that we can react to it? Yes. And, and what kind of conversation do I need to have to close the gap? I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm kind of like bridging the topics from Kevin to this, you know, because oh, Kevin nice. talks a lot about in the, you know, start with yourself and work with yourself. And you talked about, you know, the leadership is about the inside job. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, this is all the inside job, right? Yes. And knowing your worth and getting what you want. So it all starts here. So I love that. Um, so as we kind of, you know, wrap things up, what's the one thing you would recommend anyone to do? I know your work is focused on women, but you know, for guys, for men who want to support their women or other women and just even for themselves, you know, like what's the one thing you want people to take away with and to, to mm. something to, to do? Wow. That's such a big question. I think what came up for me, Wendy is, and we did talk about it today. We can come back to it another time is this empathy idea. Like I mm. think what the world needs now is empathy and I can get hijacked so easy on social media by what I see and hear, like just the sensory data when I read someone's text. Yeah. It's not, I, I like to, I like to wake up every day thinking people are trying to do the best they can and mm -hmm. we all have demons and we all have stories that we're running. So the to do for both men and women is to have an open heart and listen with curiosity, mm -hmm. like really listen with curiosity because most of the stuff that's happening to you is on the inside, right? It's, it's all about the unsettledness that we have on the inside and closing any gap is about taking that step back and seeing your part in it before you lean in. Yeah, that's great. That's yeah. Great first step. 
So for our folks who are listening, watching, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Um, if you want to get in touch with Dr. Tracy Adams, who is a really wise woman, and you, as you can see, she's just she's a hoot to talk to. So I'm a hoot. And you are too. <laughs> so how do you want people to connect with you, Tracy? Oh, you can go to my website at thriveonseminars.com or send okay. me an email. I'm at tracy at thriveonseminars.com and that's T-R-A-C-E-Y. I have an E in there. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd love to hear from you. I am uh, being connected in this world right now is the most important thing for me right now. So I'd love for you to reach yeah. out. That's awesome. And folks, you can always reach out to me at you know my website, subscribe to my YouTube channel. If you have a question, a comment, or suggestion, uh, just drop a note. Uh, you can always contact me in my email. Uh, they're both on the screen at the bottom. Now, and don't forget to subscribe, like, and share, and stay tuned for the next episode where we'll talk about joy and laughter in the workplace. All right. Thank you for listening and watching. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you.